Hello, and thanks for downloading the two Sorry Excuses podcast, recording live via via the internet. I'm your old pal Sanders. And I'm your good buddy Liv. And if you are keeping score at home, this is episode 158. 159. (laughs) We just went through this. Yeah. Yes. If you are keeping score at home, you are keeping score better than me. Because this is episode 159, the Ouchie Boo Boo Voice edition. (laughs) (laughs) Hey. Welcome back, Liv. Although it doesn't appear that all of you made it back. Not my voice, you know. Which I don't know where that is. Some would say may be your most redeeming quality. Oh, Lord. Dude, the day after the wedding, I'm sitting there because, like, I was on fire with barbs all weekend, you know? Uh, and uh, just making people laugh, you know? I'm like, man, I was like, I can't speak. I might as well just kill myself. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Very good, man. Very good. Well, um, like, I don't even want to. I was like, it's useless for me to even be around if I can't pass commentary on shit. (laughs) Yeah. Yes. Because that's exactly that's exactly what everybody needs in this in this uh, in this era of non-stop uh, social static yeah. is is your take on it all. <laughs> oh, man. And people laugh. It was worth it. Yeah, good, man. Good. Um, all right, well, that's we're going to get into that. We're going to get into the whole thing. That's top to bottom. Um, it's a live-centric episode. We're going to talk about your vacation and the wedding and and all that goes on uh, uh, with that little personal business here a uh, a two sorry excuses congratulations to the uh tom's river winter uh indoor soccer league champion the manchester united under 11 boys soccer team that's josh's um that's cole squad that's the squad the wolf pack. All right. Yeah, I saw the photos. All right. Just the, the title was so long. Yeah. Yeah. Well, because you got to make sure in this day and age, you know, in this day and age, they don't they don't uh, crown champions very often, you know, with yeah. the whole participation trophy thing. Um, so I wanted to make sure that I got the right championship title for them. So... Uh, they won their indoor league, which is a huge, uh, huge accomplishment because uh, awesome. like two years ago, they sucked. They were, yeah. I don't want to say they were bad news bears caliber because mostly they were just, they were new. They were young. They, they, yeah. um, they weren't experienced and ragtag uh, band of misfits. Yeah. And like, they were all like eight or nine and I have this theory. They were, they're all firstborns for the most part. And all so, selfish. Well, they all cry. Yeah. <laughs> you know, they're, they're super, all the centers of attention. They're yes. All, they're super sensitive to their yeah. to their failures and, and uh their missteps. But they uh I watched I got to see a couple games, man. They were actually pretty good. Um Is Josh I, coaching them? 
Josh is the coach. This is his. Right. This is his sport. He um. He participates in the other like recreation um, activities that they do, like uh, basketball. They play bitty league, you know, rec basketball. But that's Chico, like, y- yeah, exactly. But this is uh, he's the coach. He coaches both. Right. Uh, this, Cole is and Emma. It, this is his thing. Yeah, soccer. He, he played soccer in in, uh, in in high school. So um, my dad is the assistant coach, which I think is really funny. Ah, uh, nice. Because he was our coach. And he was a pretty uh, uh, accomplished athlete in general, but soccer was was his deal. He was, uh, um, you know, all section, all area, the, you know, whatever the accolades were back in those days. Yeah. Um, and he caught he coached us as well, and it's similar. I, I think his style has not changed over over the years, but. Um, Obviously, my perspective has changed. So he used to have this thing that he would do, and he was kind of like very active and and uh, very vocal. Um, and it's a soccer field; it's a hundred feet, um, it's a hundred yards, hundred twenty yards by. It's a you know. huge field. So he's not only coaching; he's teaching. So he's positioning and he's giving instruction and. Um, and insight as the game is going on, but in order to do that, you have to yell. And his thing was always, I'm not yelling at you, I'm yelling to you. Which, okay. as a 10-year-old, was was bullshit. You yeah, know? of course. As an 11-year, 12-year-old, it's bullshit. It was the, along the same lines of the of the load of crap he gave me one time when I, I got upset. My parents were, were in an argument. He says, Matt, you don't have to worry if mom and I fight. You only have to worry if we stop fighting. And I was like, that's a load of bullshit. <laughs> you know? Um, but with, with the perspective of 35 uh, years behind me, I say both of those sentiments hold merit. I'm not yeah. yelling at you. I'm yelling to you. And you don't got to worry about if there's conflict. You have to worry about if there's conflict unresolved is essentially what he was getting at. Um, yeah. So he's the assistant coach and I see, uh, I go watch the games and he gets a little frustrated because this, you know, this generation of kids is is well removed. He's He's... He's two generations removed from Is how these like kids grow up. Is he like Shooter and Hoosiers? <laughs> Josh is like, just show up here clean every day. Right, right, essentially. <laughs> and he has uh, coached. Josh has had a few conflicts. So my dad has had to coach, and I believe he's like 2-0. Oh. Um, uh, okay. So he's got that He's got that uh, feather in his cap. So hey, either way, congratulations to the Wolfpack. Uh, when my brother first started coaching them, he he was very concerned that they would languish in the in the bottom regions of this of this league. It's like yeah. a ten flight league. I didn't Man. realize there were ten flights to this league because when we were growing up, like all the same age. Yeah, because it's it's That's um, a huge league. Yeah, well, it takes up all of the towns in Monmouth and Ocean County. 
yeah, because I, I guess how many places are there really to play indoor soccer? Yeah, 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 yeah. So um, the concern was that as time went on, they would never ascend to a competitive level because you can only go up so many flights, you know, every year. And yeah. um, they have made huge jumps. I think like. You know, they started in the 10th flight or like the worst flight. I think they're up to like the fourth flight now in, in two or three short years. So uh, his his hope and the hope for the kids is that they get to play competitive soccer before they get to high school, which they'll probably, you know, break up uh, and disband the team by then. Yep. So um, they're, they're well on their way. They're well so on they their way. So they still they do relegation too? Yeah, exactly. All right. Exactly. And I don't know about you, but when I, when I was a kid – um. Like, the gear is what you tried to emulate from your favorite athletes, right? You wanted the the A2000 Wilson model glove because that yeah. was, like, the professional-level glove. Or you wanted the Easton bat for Little League or, you know, um, Adidas. You needed an Easton. Yeah, of course. Or, you know, you were some chump. I don't even know... Yep. I don't even know what the off brands were, but uh, you know. Yeah, you need an Easton. That's what separated you. Classic green Easton, you know, Uh, the Easton with the green letter. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, So that's what we aspired to, right? We just wanted the good gear because sometimes you couldn't afford the good gear, and technology wasn't such that it was easy uh, and cheap. To produce that type of gear, so when you yeah. got it, like that's what separates. Afford the really nice stuff, especially coming from a huge family. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's the big difference between kids today and us is that all that stuff is a readily available. B, it's a little cheaper comparatively because it's so much easier to make, and the degrees are such that even if you have the low end, it's still pretty good it's still pretty desirable right so what they do they've got all the gear they've got you know my my nephew's got you know a goalie jersey and his goalie gloves and he's got his soccer slide so he doesn't uh you know wear down the the cleats on his soccer shoes like all shit that my parents were like listen you get one pair of cleats you better make him last for both fall and spring so don't walk on the concrete with them yeah, I use the same pair of cleats for multiple sports. Yes, exactly. exactly. Baseball cleats, football cleats. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I didn't have baseball cleats until I was like 13 and I stopped playing soccer. Yeah. So what these kids emulate are like the athletes. So yeah. they all do like little pregame routines and they have handshakes and they have – you know, all these little things and they look like little, they, they, they conduct themselves as little professionals, which is really funny because like two years they were, you know, they were running around under the parents made the bridge of arms and, you know, eating orange slices and like doing like little kid stuff. Um, but now you hit that like 10 year old too cool for school thing and they're doing like shimmy, you know, uh, Stefan Curry shimmy dances. Out Jesus. on the you know on the field after goals and stuff, so it's kind of funny to watch because uh, they're starting to take uh, take form. But um, so there you go, congratulations, Wolfpack. 
Excellent, uh, excellent showing. Big, uh, big expectations for the spring. That's for sure. Oh, uh, they got a spring. Uh... Yeah, now they go outdoor. Okay, okay it's like a twelve-month a year deal. <laughs> yeah, because soccer, like real soccer, never seems to end. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Professional soccer is like 38 weeks long, and yeah, then they have internationals. Yeah, it just keeps on it's going. It's like golf and tennis. There seems to be no end to those seasons. Yeah. <laughs> it's so true. It's so true. Yeah. Um, so that's uh, that's all I got, man. That's all I got. I um, I want to hear that's all you got about your, uh, oh, about your trip to Costa Rica. So last we left, last we left the audience, uh, you were preparing to go to a wedding of, uh, of your law school pal and her, uh, her rubbish beau who you, you, you spent, I would say of all the people that you have that are non Syracuse folks that I know these are probably up there in the top third of uh, of interact social interaction for you. Their names seem to come up a lot. Yeah, I mean they're plus they're local people. I mean, like they're people that all live in town. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So, yeah. but ne- neither of them are from New Orleans, right? Yeah. Uh, well, Abby. Abby, I guess, lived in Chicago when she was younger. She moved to Lafayette for high school. And then she came to Loyola Fond du Grad and then law school. Okay. So, I mean, but Monty, he's from, you know, Central Valley, California area. What's that? You like know, uh, north of LA? Like Fresno area, stuff like that. Tell okay. me he's from his Chowchilla. But, you know, I think if you were to ask him, he'd probably align more. If you were to say, name the biggest city nearby, it'd probably be Fresno or something, you know. Okay. Uh, all right. So, Chilla. I know he did, like, a year or two at Fresno State, you know. Oh, he did? Okay. Yeah. All right. So, uh, yeah, wow, boom, smack, right dab in the middle of California. Like, it couldn't be any more central. Yeah, that's what they call that, the Central Valley. You ever see Fresno State football game? They got that big uh, green V on their helmets. Oh, no, I never noticed. Uh, see, it's like they a wear, sticker on the back? Yeah, they have a green, yeah, on the back of their helmet. It's a big green V, and that's what it stands for, Central Valley. It's like the agricultural center of California. All right, all right. Yeah. And how'd he end up in New Orleans? Elevators brought him here. <laughs> oh, it's, it's the age old, it's the age old tale. Yeah. Well, his fa- his father works for ThyssenKrupp. Uh, so he got a job with them, and he came down here to work it. You know. Okay. And that's how, through a friend of a friend, Abby had a friend. Uh was at the wedding, and her boyfriend, well, now husband, worked for that elevator company. And so Monty was kind of new to town, so he was bringing him around, you know, and that was the connection. Got it. 
Yeah. All right. So there you go. Elevators. But now they're here for like basically good, you know? Okay. Yeah. Well, I mean, she's, you know, probably what, 10 years at post-grad at this point. So she's been there. Been there 15, 14, 15 years plus, you know. I mean, she has a good job at a local firm, you know, like she makes, she makes really good money at the place she works, you know, so. Yeah. And she's not running out of there anytime soon. And I know you guys, as you guys being local, especially a New Orleans native, like you segment the Louisiana population, right? According to your, you know, not only geographic, but um, social context. So Lafayette is a different place completely, but it's not far. Like if she still got family there, you can make a you can make a life in New Orleans and not. Yeah, it's be like, totally. It's like being from. It's like being from where you're from, and living in New York City. Yeah, right. Close yeah. enough. I guess that's what I'm getting. Yeah, at. Uh, I mean, enough. like it's like lots of people like that. It's not like it's not like full on outsider status, you know? Right, right. Um, yeah. Okay, so they uh, they got married. How long? How long were they a couple? Damn, probably well, f- sometime since spring 2015, basically. You know. <laughs> All right. Well, 2015 was it that long ago? Yeah, I guess it was. You know, which is which is strange because you don't know where to. to like think, was it even 2015 or was it 16? I don't even know at this point. Well, so then that would be 2015. 2015, spring of 2015 would be roughly they dated for two years and then got engaged because they've been engaged for a while, right? Yeah. So. Did it, you know, if, if it was the difference between dating for two years and dating for one year. Yeah. I mean, I think they're good together. I, I, you know, you go to weddings sometimes where you're like, oh, this thing isn't going to end well. You know? <laughs> this wasn't one of those. But right. you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, yeah, of course. Of course. You know, you're like, oh, they're just doing this because they feel like they have to. Yeah, this wasn't one of those. Um. There was like the people who get married just because it's like, yeah, I guess so. Um, Ange had a has a friend. She's she was the maid of honor in in an hour wedding, but that girl has a brother, an older brother, and at his wedding, he got married to a girl that that was a little high maintenance, I guess, for that family. Um, didn't particularly connect well with that family, et cetera, et cetera. But at the wedding, during the pictures, while going onto the golf course post ceremony, uh, I I can't remember exactly what she called him, but it was along the lines of a fucking. You're such a fucking asshole. To the guy, she literally just <laughs> said, "I do." Just just married. It might have even been worse than that, but. That's essentially the vibe that she captured because he, I don't know, he spilled a drink or he zigged when he should have zagged or he stepped on her dress or something, whatever. It There's might not even petty. Yeah. And it might not even have been that bad. He just might have not been paying attention. But 
she said, you're such a fucking asshole. And I know, I know some people who have dynamics that make me feel uncomfortable, but I think that's universally unacceptable in terms of two thumbs up, green light in that marriage, you know? Yeah. And I don't even think it was quiet. I think it was like people were overlooking them while they were taking pictures, that kind of deal. Yeah, man, it's bad. (laughs) So these are not those kind of folks. These are, yeah, these guys are good together. These guys are fun. And that makes it that much better to go to spend money to go on a destination and be a guest at a wedding like that because you don't feel like you're just doing it to go through the motions. Yeah, like it was all, that's another thing. Like I thanked them multiple times down there. I was like, thank you for doing this because it kind of put us in a situation, you know, to be there with people, you know, who you don't, you just, even people who live 45 minutes away from me, you just never see them anymore, you know, because they live on the other side of the lake. You know, I don't go over there. They don't come over here. They have kids, you know, it's just like, you know, so now you're in a position where it's like you're going to hang out with people who you really like for like, oh, you're having the party you want to have, you know? So how many people were there? I think it was like 40 something. Okay. That's a pretty good size for a destination. There were a lot of like family friends he had and stuff, you know? Okay. Uh, people I a lot of people I still never even met, you know, like from his side, you know. So I mean, and his parents divorced, and they have their own families on top of it, you know. Okay. So that adds people, but then there's friends of. So I think the number was supposed to be like forty-eight or something. But I mean, it was a good good amount of people. You know. Of that, of that, oh, let's just call it forty. Make the math easy. What uh, of that? Like, what percentage were were your friends? And I'm assuming they were all law school friends at this point, right? Like, Abby's a law school buddy. Yeah, and yeah, his buddies. You know, the people from law school. You know, this guy I was staying with. You know, and then there was. Blair, who's from law school, but her husband, you know, I mean, she's, I don't know. I don't know, because not everybody I knew was law school people directly, you know? But um, I'm going to guess I knew probably 20 of the people. Okay. So that's that's somebody you went to school with and their husband, somebody you met through Abby because yeah, you yeah, hung yeah. out. Yeah, people that I yeah. knew already. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. All right. Yeah. Um, yeah, so 20, that's a pretty good That's a pretty good number. When I went to uh, Kurt's wedding in um, in Jamaica, I knew, you know, probably 85% of the people. There were probably 50 to 60 people there. And most of them were, most of them were folks that I knew. So either they were guys he went to high school with, or guys from Curacao, 
or guys yeah. he went to college with who I also knew because I worked with a couple of them. So I was in that unique situation where I touched on all three of his social circles. Um, yeah. Coincidentally. So it was a good time. And, you know, you stumble into the pool and there's five or six people there. And then they leave and somebody else comes. So you hang out with that next group of four or five people. See, that's, and then- that's the thing. That's what I'm trying to figure out because – I say 20, but then there was other people that I knew. It's just that, you know, because you had her, you know, she's in her Matier and CrossFit. So you had the CrossFit people there, you know? Okay. Because that's its own subculture. Yeah. And I knew a couple of those people just by knowing of them by coincidence, you know? Okay. Not as, like, people that, like, I was – I'm not – even including them as my friends, you know? Yeah. So it's like I knew most of them. And then, and then amongst his friends, well, his brother, who I've met several times before, you know, and then his buddies, and then all of a sudden, you know, you're just hanging with all those guys too because, like, the numbers of, like, the older people who you really didn't know, that was a smaller number, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like that parents. That's the smallest number. Yeah, the people that you don't really you introduce yourself to them, but you're not hanging out with them really, you know? Right, right. Yeah. All right. That's a good that's, that's a good crew. Did you find yourself hanging with the same, you know, two or three people most of the time, like deciding, hey, listen, we're going to go grab something to eat at this time. Uh, we're going to well, go shower and get ready at this time, What you know, blah, blah, blah. Or do you just float? As I mean, the wind takes you. Generally, I float as the wind takes me. Kind of like the person I probably hung out with the most was probably Blair's husband, John. Just because he really didn't know anybody all that well. And I had only met him a few times, but we kind of just hit it off, you know? Yeah. You know, when you just make a connection with some dude. Blair's so the chick I, who lives across the, the lake? Yeah. Okay. And I was really good friends who were in law school, you know? Okay. And um, they actually ended up being in a room next to us because uh, there was all kinds of fucked up stuff with the room situation. See, we didn't book through the travel agency. Because <coughs> the travel agency told me in December that all the rooms they had allotted were gone. Right. I remember so I you saying that. I booked through the hotel. We, we get there, and the people that had the stuff to the travel agency right away at the front desk, and they're telling them, oh, it's fucked up. And, um, and what I think happened was the travel agency didn't actually pay for the rooms. <laughs> so all these There's- people, all these people, especially her parents and family and his family, are going to make sure they go through the travel agency because they want to get the rooms and yeah. do it well, proper. The fortunate thing was we were the first group arriving. You know. What day did you get into town? We got in on Thursday. Okay. So like, so, like, the people that I was with, for whom it was all messed up, they kind of ones that resolved everything because the travel agent guy had to get on the phone with the hotel and get everything taken care of. But they had screwed up somehow. I didn't have those issues because I booked through the hotel. Right. I had my room. Right. But um, How long did it take 
those people to get it squared away. And was Abby and Monty one of those people? They weren't even there yet. Oh, okay. So, All right. That's cool. Yeah, they were arriving later in the day. All right. Um, which was the best, you know? Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like you don't want them going through that bullshit at, her, at their wedding, you know? Yeah. yeah. Um, not a funny thing is, so we – um. So, but like when I booked the room, I booked the room like uh, and said, can sleep up to four people. And I was like, all right, well, cool. And, and the, they had like one picture in line. It showed like a couple of beds. It was like, it's going to be me in this one day anyway. So that's fine. A couple of beds. Okay. Uh, you know, it's my, my friend, Sean, who's a gay man, you know? Okay. We booked the room. We go in there. It's one king size bed. <laughs> you were talking about how like there were a couple other guys who hadn't decided yet, but yeah, theoretically yeah. they could have stayed with you because yes. you know, four people could have crashed in uh, made some jokes that about room. that. First, like Sean, I get to be big spoon. I don't <laughs> I, I was like, damn, good thing no one took us up on those offers. Yeah. yeah. Right. Was there even a couch? No. It was just a king size bed. And uh then I was like, oh well we expect you have an orgy in here or something, you know? <laughs> what the <laughs> right. fuck? Something four. You know? It didn't say uh, four it didn't say four comfortably. Yeah. <laughs> but so like uh Blair and John's rooms were all messed up. And I'm coming back and but we were on the ocean front, and I paid to be on the ocean front, you know? West so Coast like, or East Coast? Pacific, West Coast, yeah. Okay, okay. Because like, if I'm going to – it was like $200 more for the for the ocean front room. I'm like, if we're going to be here, I want to be able to walk out and see the ocean when I, in the morning, you know? Of course. And um, so after we get our room, we get settled, we go back to see if everybody's all, if everybody has all their stuff settled. And I see Blair, and she's all flustered. I'm like, y'all got everything set? She's like, yeah. Only problem is our room is two queen beds. You know, <laughs> they're a married couple. Okay. And um, and Sean, on the way back to her room, we were also like, what's going to happen is all the rooms are going to be pockmarked. Even though the whole point when you book rooms through something like that is that you have a block, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So everybody's together. Yeah. We thought we'd be out of the block, you know? Right, right. Um, and I was like, oh, well, we have king size. He said, what the fuck? I was like, well, I'm not giving up the king size tonight because it's so big. It didn't matter. It's like I, I'm paying because the, they weren't on the beach like we were. I was like, I'm paying to be on the fucking beach. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. It's like, it's like when you – you know, you pay the extra to get the aisle seat, or you pay the extra to get the the um, a emergency exit seat. And yeah. there's, you know, a couple uh, that comes in, and they're in different different aisles. And she's like, "Well, uh, can we switch with you? You can have the window seat." No. Yeah. I'm sorry. Oh, I, we'll get there in an hour and a half or two hours, and you can be reunited with your with your husband. But yeah. I got, I got this seat. I want this seat. Yeah, I've earned this. Yeah. Um. 
So, anyhow, uh, John is back to deal with at the desk anyway. He works out that later on he comes up, he's like, well, here's the deal. Tonight, y'all stay in that room. That's fine. But for tomorrow, we got the room right next to y'all's. Three, we were in 326 the first night. He's like, we got 327, both oceanfront rooms. 327 has two queen-size beds. So we'll just informally flip-flop, and that's what we did. Okay. And, of course, that had its own layer of problems. Because the next day, first, Sean's a fucking mess. Like... Friday night, Thursday he, night. He's he. You went to law school with him. Yeah, he's a year behind us. He's been Chris, my buddy Chris's boyfriend. You know, but he's a fucking drinker. He's from Middletown. Okay, all right. Buddy, he went to uh, Freehold Township High School. Okay. Um. because uh, I was like, oh yeah, my buddy's from Liberty or whatever. He's like, oh yeah, yeah, I know the. That's right near me. Um, so, um, so like Thursday night, I just wanted to go to bed, you know. But I was like, uh, Sean's a mess. I really can't go to bed till he goes to bed because I don't know if he'll have his key and all that, and you know, or if he can even get to the room. Well, good thing I didn't, because you know. Around 11 something at night, we're on the beach trying to help him step into his flip flops. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, Give me all your stuff, Sean. He gives me his phone, his money, his key, you know, the cards, you know, the key cards. Yeah. I was like, All right. And I had to lead him to the room. Well, Saturday night, and of course, this is the problem. All right. Well, I'll tell you. So, so one thing I kept under wraps. I kept this extremely under wraps because I did not want to ruin the joke. But I bought a orange. It's not a Speedo technically because it's Arena as the company that makes it. Okay. But you would describe it as a Speedo. But I bought an orange Speedo. And I didn't tell anybody. You know, because I'm like, this is going to be fucking hilarious. And the idea no one ha- has a clue it's coming is going to make it even better. You know? All right. So, so uh, you know, get up early Saturday, uh, early Friday morning, and uh, you know, I throw the speedo on and my shorts, you know, and I go eat breakfast with everybody. Like it's seven thirty in the morning, you know, because how it is on vacation when you're at the beach, you know, you get up way early. All right. Um. <laughs> so, uh so then just all day we're hanging out drinking, you know, and then we're in the pool. Most of the time, you know, they got the swim up bar, we're all hanging out there. And um and then, and when you're so close to the equator, you know, it goes from it's daylight to dark right away when you're on the equator when you're that close to the equator, you know? Yeah. Um at some point I'm talking with this other couple. And, um, you know, mostly the resort, we were probably the only gringos at the resort, the group there for the wedding. Okay. Where did most of the people come from? Mexico? There was a huge convention of people from Colombia. Um, 
I think a lot of them are from Latin America, you know, whether it's Central or South, you know. Okay. Um, I definitely heard some Germans, but it was mostly like Latin people. Um, so like most of the people there didn't speak English too well, you know? Okay. Like staff or whatever, because they're not used to, they don't deal with too many English. It's not an American resort, you know? Right. Um, so we're hanging out at the bar in the pool and a lot of people have already probably headed back to rooms or whatever at this point to, you know, transition to like, you know, get dressed to go to dinner or whatever. Cause Abby and Monty were going to have like a dinner that night. And, um, you know, cause it's the day before the wedding. Yeah. They're like, Mike Sullivan? Sullivan? You know, finally get out of there. Like, Mike Sullivan? I don't know Mike Sullivan, but that's a gringo name. We're the only group of gringos. It must be Sean. You know, they're like, <laughs> his head is bleeding all over. And we hop out of the pool. And I, you know, and we had all this stuff next to the pool, like my flip flops, my shirt, um, my key, my hat. That, in my hat with my key and everything folded up in it, you know? Wait, it, this is the first night still? This is the second night. Oh, the second night, okay. This is Friday. All right. So, we just, I just leave all that shit there because we're de- dealing with emergency, you know? Yeah. Like, what? Run over there and Sean's on this beach chair. Blood is everywhere. You know? Yeah. And, um, in the, lifeguard is there and like security guys the lifeguard doesn't speak any english sean's head is his uh he's got a fucking big you know crack skull like uh two or three inches long on the back of his head blood all over him because he because he's all fucked up you know and he probably yeah. slipped on a tile Fucking hit, like, you know, whatever these little ridges, you know, like a step down. Yeah, yeah, Probably yeah, yeah. fell down, hit that. See, because he's all, like, um, because he's all, like, uh, drunk on top of it, not to mention it's also the head wound, bleeding everywhere. He's like, I'm fine, I'm fine. It's like, dude, you're not fucking fine. You're fucked up. So, so the dude's wife and I, go back with uh, security and lifeguard whatever to, to to escort him to the medic station and I'm just in the speedo. You know? <laughs> Which isn't for anybody there because all of them wear speedos ironically, you know? <laughs> right. So that's that's the problem when when you make one of those type of statements is yeah. that it's really only funny to like a handful of people. Yeah. Once you once you get out of that handful of people, everybody else is wearing them as part of their normal attire and functioning correctly. Yeah. Right? So if this happened to to a bunch of Guatemalan guys or a bunch of European guys or whatever, what they're composed because it's not it it's nothing out of the ordinary for them. Yeah, I mean. So now you've got to you've got to be 
the emergency contact for your drunken, bloody friend wearing a Speedo. Yeah, it's no big deal for me because I know they're not thinking anything of it because they don't think, oh, Americans find that funny because they don't, they're not thinking about that. But at certain points in the day, I was like, I want to go give that guy a high five, but he's not. Okay, but he wouldn't know why I'm giving a high five because he's wearing that unironically. Right. <laughs> right. But this is the problem. So I go all the way back to the medic station with him. And then finally, Matt, the husband of the girl that's with us, comes in there and he's got all their stuff. He's like, hey, man. He's like, I'll stay here with Sean and my wife. And he was lucky his wife was there because she's got a couple of kids. And um, and he really needed a mother at that point because you know, he was fucking acting unreasonable, you know? He he was solo? Where was his – how come his boyfriend didn't go? Who? Sean. Yeah. Sean doesn't go out with Chris anymore. Ah. Chris was there. Chris actually had shown up there, right? Two hours before all this went down. Oh. Yeah. All right. All right. Uh, I think that adds a little layer to what happens, you know? Sure. Uh, I mean, of course, like, as Sean says, well, he drinks bad anyway. But I was like, yeah, but I think the vibes didn't help. Because he was, he was well on his way to fucking being that drunk anyway. But I don't think the vibes helped, you know? Yeah, yeah. Because he's yeah. a drunk. Like, he's a dude that can keep drinking. You know, it's like, what the hell? You know those people. Yeah, yeah. You know? Um, I'm not one of those people. You know, I don't. I can't drink through anything. Yeah. Um, Eventually, you hang it up. Yeah. He just keeps drinking. And um, so I go back to the pool. But by this time, it's now it's dark. Haven't even been gone that long. Now it's dark. Everyone's gone from the pool. You know, I go back to where my stuff was. I see my flip-flops. I see the beach towel. I don't see my other stuff. I'm like, fuck! Because Sean was my roommate. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, well, where's my key? And he had said he had given his stuff to Blair in a bag. I'm like, I go knock it on their door. And of course, they're already gone. And, uh, I run upstairs because I'm like, because Monty and Abby were staying upstairs from us. And the last thing I want to do is bother them. Right. You know, but I'm hoping they might know where Blair is. <laughs> and Monty's like, dude, uh, just go. He's like, don't, you know, Abby's stressed. I was like, yeah, I don't want, I just want to know if she knows where Blair is. And it's like, because, well, Blair's like, I don't have it. I was like, well, now I can't go get a replacement key because the room's not in my name. You know? See, that's that's exactly what I was talking about when under normal circumstances, if you got a regular pair of shorts or you got a regular bathing suit on, your instinct is going to be to grab your wallet, grab your keys, put them in your pocket and go do what you have to do. Because you've been around uh, long that, enough. The reason was I left all the stuff there is because he was fucking gushing blood out of his head. Yeah, no, I, I, I know. I, no, that's they had nothing to do with what I was wearing because I was like, my stuff will be here. What I thought was, I thought I thought somebody in our party had picked my stuff up. 
I was fine with that. I was like, I just need to get in the room, you know? It's because he was fucking gushing blood and was concussed. That's why I left the shit there, because I was like, it's not important, you know? Okay. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, all right. You know, like, because where he was was opposite side from where we were. So it was like, you rushed over there. It was like, well, I'm not going to run all the way back to get my shit when he just needs somebody to help him right now, you know? Okay. Like, like his emergency was more important than my shit. That was the issue. Um, so, uh, so I get John, I finally track John down and he goes and gets a tick, a key. When you know, I get all the way back to the fucking room and it doesn't work. <laughs> I'm like, for fuck's sake, man. So I gotta go back up there, you know, and everybody's all dressed up for dinner now and I'm still walking around flip-flops in the speedo which now is a thing because it's a bunch of friends they're like jesus christ (laughs) (laughs) and um and um so john does get the cards and it works finally but during that time though the guy mad comes over he's like i found your stuff and it had been scattered somewhere else from the pool, you know, somewhere else around the pool, but not where exactly where I'd left it. Cause everybody had all their shit there. And I was like, Oh, thank God. Well, um, so everything's fine. I was able to get trust to go to dinner with everybody. Later on that night, Sean goes to bed and I go back out to watch basketball games, you know, watch the end of the, with the couple that, that was, was Sean and me. That was helping me get Sean, yeah. you know, because this one, they're, they're um, big sports nuts, you know. So we're watching the tournament and the Syracuse game even that night, you know. Yeah. Um. So we, uh, I look around, everybody's already gone to bed. I'm like, it's 9 o'clock. What the fuck? Last night I stay up when all I wanted to do was sleep. And tonight everybody goes to bed early? What the fuck? Because <laughs> I was all burnt out from drinking by the pool all day, you know. Right, right. So I go to my room, and once you know it, the fucking key doesn't work. <laughs> and later on, when I realized what probably it was, was because it was the key I had was one of the original keys, and when they reactivated a new key, they probably deactivated the old keys. So that people aren't like getting multiple keys to the same room. Okay. You get where I'm coming from? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it just sounds like a whole shit show. Yes. So I'm banging on the door, nothing. So I go around to the front or the back, whatever you want to call it, where the sliding glass door is. I could see in there. I was like, I'm banging on the door. I'm like, that motherfucker's just sleeping there. He's. And on top of it, he's concussed and drunk. I'm like, he ain't waking up. I'm banging. I'm like, banging so loud. I'm like, Sean. But but we had a hammock out there. So I'm like, I just got to sleep in this hammock. <laughs> so I started sleeping in the hammock. And then like two hours later, I wake up. Because because the Colombian 
fucking um, convention. Convention was having like a disco party, like a hundred yards from where we were. So it was like bumping. You could hear everything. Two hours later, I wake up and I look in there. I was like, "Oh, he's covered himself in a blanket. He's been a what? That means he's moved the boat. That motherfucker." So I started because I had to use the bathroom and stuff. I was like. I don't want to have to walk all the way to other bathrooms to use it, you know? Yeah, yeah. And um, so I, I'm like, gotta try this one more time. I banged the fuck on the door. And um, and Sean finally pops his head up. He's like, what? Like, he's all quizzical. And I'm like, it's Matt. Just let me <laughs> in. And he really let me in. I was like, it's a long story. I was like, let's just go to bed. Yeah, I got it. <laughs> and next day we resolved everything. But I was like, I was like, what the fuck did I do? All I do is help this motherfucker, and I keep getting screwed for it. You know? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I was like, what did I do? Why am I the one who keeps getting the fucking ill effects of helping him? You know? Right. Whatever. But it was. Oh, he had stitches. It was fucking bad scene, man. Where where did he go for stitches? Local hospital? No, at the like little medic station on on the um resort. Dude, as I was leaving, dude rolls up on a bicycle with scrubs on. Probably just the equivalent of a army field medic, basically, you know? Okay. And that guy gave him the stitches, you know. So, uh, so that was Friday. But then, like, on Saturday during the day, the wedding was Saturday evening. Um, but earlier in the day, John and I are hanging out. He's like, he's like, you want to go see we can go get out of here, go find something local? So we only had a couple hours, but we went to, like, um, the actual town of Tambor because it was on Tambor Beach. You know, which is one of the beaches of Costa Rica. We went to the town. You know, we took a cab there, and then we walked back up the beach, which was a real haul. It was a real pain in the ass, but but we did it. Um, it was like fucking very Planet of the Apes esque. Uh, but um, but like just it was like just to see something local, you know. Yeah. So they went and got a beer, ate, ate lunch somewhere like that. We came back for the wedding, and we were, um, we were, uh, you know, drafted into uh, being dudes to to be the wall of guys in front of Abby so that Monty couldn't see her until she actually got to the aisle. You know, so she came, when she came walking out of the room, you know, it was like a, probably a 50-yard stretch to the actual little aisle thing they had set up. So John, uh, Abby's brother, uh, this other guy, and and I were the wall, the human wall. So that was fun. We actually got to be in the wedding. <laughs> All, right. All right. Yeah, and then the, the wedding was fun as hell, you know, because it was right on the beach and, you know. But there was so much, so many gross tequila shots we took that night. Us, uh, very regrettable. Yeah, I'm sure, and they're warm and yep. gross yep. and warm not and high nasty. quality. Ah, uh, yeah. yeah. But then on Sunday, 
Sunday, uh, Claire and John, Sean, me, and then um, Val and Tyson. Val, Tyson's the guy that worked for Sis and Krupp. It was the Val and Tyson were the connection between Abby and Monty. Got it. I brought them together. We ran four wheelers. Like we went down to this other town, wrote, took a cabin, and ran four wheelers and rode around. But this is what sucks about Costa Rica. All the referrals they give you are all king gringo centric. Yeah, they're tour they're tourist traps. Yeah, like everything they're telling you to go to, like like along the way where we're riding, it's like I don't want to go to Gringo joints, you know? Yeah. Because um, we're, we're like, we're just going to ride up and down. We had a little map. Like, when I ride here and just find places to go. I, I, I had, they were like, where are we? First, you know, 20 minutes of the ride. I was like, well, let's go here. Because it was a craft brewery and a butterfly garden. You know, it's like, oh, this, it was like run by some Costa Rican hippie dudes. So we go in there. And they're like, and one of the girls goes and asks about where they can go. And um, John was like, well, what about waterfalls? Because that's what, you know, wanted to do. So we did do waterfalls. But like, they're telling the girls about, oh, you want to go here? And you get up there and they got an infinity pool. And I'm hearing all this shit. I was like, why the fuck would I want to go anywhere with an infinity pool? The whole point of leaving the resort was to leave the fucking resort. Right. You know, not go back to one. Right. You know? And then... Yeah, well, because then they, they think that that's what... And they're probably right. Yeah, they are. 90% that the overwhelming of majority of people... want that shit. Yes. Yes. And that's what a lot of the shit is. But I don't want it. Those girls want it. You know? And the other right. thing is... Like with the girls, and I, and I said this to them <laughs> later. I came up when we finally get back to there because John was low because I was busted on him. John's like, Liv, uh, what do you think about um, about what they wanted? Because every place we go, they'd ask the same thing. I'm like, chips and salsa is not Costa Rican fucking food. <laughs> <laughs> There are places that serve it, but that's because they know that's what Americans ask for. Not because it's Costa Rican. It's because they're gringo-centric, and they just want your money. Oh. Yeah, so travel travel is, is, is tough with non-compatible people because the lowest common denominator always wins. I mean, I'm not going to lie to you. I had a lot of fun. Like... Riding on ATVs and everything. It's just, it's like, I wouldn't have done all that. Like, even we went to the, um, the way I ended up having to watch a circus game. We did go to this beach bar, but it was totally an American beach bar, you know, but they had referred us to it. But we ran to people we knew there. We ran to the CrossFit guys, and they <laughs> gave me the good password for the, um, the password for the good Wi Fi. I couldn't watch the Syracuse game because for some reason, probably because of international shit and where I was, even though I got the app and I was signed in, it just wouldn't load the game. So I had to just sit there. 
furiously update the ESPN app. Oh my God! Are you kidding me? Yeah, and that's the way I watch. That's the way I followed the Michigan State <sighs> game. Oh, that's the worst because that it's got to be so nerve wracking. Oh, it's frustrating because every two seconds I I had to keep refreshing it because it you know it wasn't refreshing fast enough on its own for my liking. Right, right. You know, I was like, ah, oh. I was like, well, at least. But it was a totally gringo bar. Everything was in English. You know, I was just like. I was like, they recommend this to us because they think this is what we all, what we all want, you know. But it's like, hi, I was like, and I was, telling, I was like, this is why I travel alone, you know, or I travel with one other person if I do, you know. Yeah. Because I like, I like to get lost. I don't want to go. Like, if I want to sit here and eat chips and salsa, why would I even leave the fucking country? <laughs> You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I do. I do. You can do that anywhere. Why would I even leave the country? It just really blows me away. People that go all over the world. It's like, it's not the travel they're into. It's the status symbol of saying you've been to these countries. You know? Yeah, but this is a, this is a different situation because it's you're, you're there for a wedding. It's not no, like... Yeah. I get that, but Sunday was the day we had to go do cool shit, you know? Yeah. And if we didn't have the girls with us, we would have done cool shit. Yeah, it's always the girls. Well, it is, because, but I'm saying there's so many people that don't travel because they're interested in other cultures. Like, I got that with the resort. You know, I was like, we're there for a wedding. But it's like, we got these fucking ATVs. It wasn't just to go place to place to find American shit. <laughs> you know? You know what I'm saying? Yeah, but it's a no it's a no win situation because you you're going with these people because well, those are the people that you self identified with um you know for your for your fun buddies. No, but no. But they're they you're all there just for the wedding. Like, yeah. if this was, like, you and I, and we decided, hey, man, you know what we should do? Let's go to fucking Nepal and really take it in. And we talked about, you know, a plan, and we're going to leave, and we'll go for 10 days, blah, blah, blah. And we got to Nepal, and all I was like, hey, do you know any place that has good chips and salsa? <laughs> I know. What I'm well, saying I think, is, I think day we had 12 hours with these fucking things. Yeah, but you're focusing on your free day. You got to be focusing on the people. Yeah, I know it's one person in particular. To be honest with you, one person in particular, I'm not gonna say anything. Not <laughs> not, not while recording. Okay. Um, well, that's fair enough. I think that's a good self censor. That's a good self censor. But right. my my what my, this? what I'm trying I'm trying oh, to I, walk you back here saying, a little bit. But what I'm saying is, there are so many people like that. That's why all the places refer you to that. They yes, no, I get it. They I understand. Everybody, they think, because that's what Americans are like. Okay, you're right. It's true. That's why every place down there in Costa Rica, nine, nine out of ten of them are gringo-centric. You know? Yeah, well, it's a, right, exactly, because it does, it caters to, to American tourism, and they think that's what the overwhelming majority wants, because well, that's what the overwhelming majority wants. You're right, you're right. But 
it sucks, like, because it's like, but the thing is, that's what sucks about Americans, and that's what sucks about people. It's like, I know these people go all over the world, and it's like, oh, they're, you know, they're doing what they could do here, but in a foreign country. I know it's a common thing. There are a lot of people, it's like, why do you leave the fucking country? Just so you can say that you went to Italy and fucking had chips and salsa? (laughs) (laughs) But you know where I'm coming from? Yeah, in this particular instance... I'm not talking about this particular instance. No, no, no. Listen to me. Listen to me. I think in this particular instance, your frustration is warranted to the extent of you had very little choice in your running mates, and it doesn't jive with what you typically find valuable. So it becomes frustrating because you had a sliver of opportunity that was made even smaller by who you're running with. Yeah, because John and I, on a Saturday when we got out, that's why we got out. We went to go fucking, we went and had a beer at a fucking locals bar and shit, you know? Okay, yeah. And and ate in their fucking town, you know? So, like, and I know he had come, and I was just trying to step away from it, you know, because you don't want to get involved in fights, arguments between couples. But he right. was definitely having that argument with the wife, and I'm just like, yeah. And I just, and like, you know, Sean's just rolling with those guys, and we were one place before our last stop, and I was like, I need to get new sunglasses because sunglass, the cheap sunglasses I had cracked. I was like, well, I'm y'all just hang out here, get your pizza, whatever. I'm gonna go, and I went for a walk. <laughs> It's just I don't I can't travel with people, you know. Yeah, but but the people that are going to Italy now, the people somewhere there's a couple sitting in Italy eating what's whatever a non-Italian, whatever American-centric non-Italian dish is popular. Eggplant parmesan. Yep. Right? They're over there, they order the eggplant parmesan, and they capture a picture of it and throw it on their Facebook, and they're like, we're living, and then they go to the hotel bar to watch American television and go to bed early, um, and are pissed because they can't catch the latest edition of the Kardashians, and they wake up the next morning to go to the local Italian McDonald's so they can have an Egg McMuffin and do... You know, a gringo version of whatever that Italian activity is, right? Yeah. But just let those people do that, man. <laughs> no, I know, but I just fucking hate it. You know, I hate that those are the people that are traveling everywhere because because of those people, we're treated like assholes everywhere. Well, not you, because they think that you're either Guatemalan or European, because you're running around in a Speedo. <laughs> <laughs> um, definitely don't think I'm Guatemalan. Because I'm about a foot taller and friggin' 50 shades lighter than your average Guatemalan. <laughs> um, all right, man. Well, I... I no, I... I, I want to. It sounds like you had a good time. It sounds like you had a good time. Like, not, um, like we, we had to take a three and a half hour bus ride from the airport to get where we we're gone. I'll right tell you away. what. Nothing 
takes the wind out of your sails than having to drive a bus ride on a uh, Caribbean or Central American country for over 15 minutes. Anything over 15 minutes, you might as well lose a whole day. Yep. And um, this is the worst thing, though. We we get there. We're in there. And there's a couple that's in the bus with us. It's like eight of us in the bus, the van. And um, they're one of the girls that worked at Bennigan's with Abby like 15 years ago. You know, like when she was just in college or something. And it was her and her boyfriend or wherever the fuck he was. And they were both Marines. And um, I mean, to me, it's evidence that we spend too much money on, the de- on our defense, these two. <laughs> Uh, this is very. <laughs> this is a. This is a very trying, uh, trying vacation for your patriotism. That's for sure. <laughs> uh, dude, I hate Americans. Americans are the biggest assholes in the world. Uh, they really are. Um, like, uh, I'm like at first, I'm like. I'm going to stay away from this guy because he's a Marine. That means he's probably unhinged. And it means he probably gets drunk and becomes crazy. You know, like most Marines I've met in life, you know, there are guys that want to storm the beaches like they're amped up, you know? You know what I'm saying? Okay. That, that classic personality it takes, like when you think of your classic Marine, what were Marines? They were the first guys to storm the beach, you know? They're the guys that go in. So normally it's a certain type of dude that becomes a Marine. Um, but that was probably, that probably ended, I mean, they still got all those guys, but it probably ended where it was only those guys like 60 years ago. <laughs> right. Cause apparently there's thousands upon thousands of them sitting in front of fucking computers now that call themselves Marines. Cause I'm pretty sure that's what these two do because, um, well, cause one the woman definitely wasn't fighting any wars and the dude, but uh, so you're in a three and a half hour shuttle trip. It sucks for everybody on there, you know. You know, yeah, it is. It yeah, sucks for everybody. So yeah, just don't bitch and make everybody else's life suck, you know. Yeah, and, you just uh, gotta suck it up. Yeah, and uh, all of a sudden they're like, "We gotta use the bathroom," and the guy's like, "All right, all right, we'll pull over." But there's nowhere to pull over. You're like, you're witnessing it. There's you're driving through the jungle, nothing. right? Yes. And um, and then they start really whining. You know, it was like, like 10, 15 minutes later, he finally pulled over. But all I was thinking was like, y'all are fucking Marines, and this is as bad as it gets. <laughs> that's you know? that's what I was thinking to say. Because I can understand me having to go. Because probably I probably have three or four cocktails on the flight. And, you know, what, what was it, a four-hour flight? Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah total. Yeah, something like that. Yeah, three okay. hours something, yeah. Yeah, so that's enough to, like, get a couple in you and, like, adrenaline's pumping. And then you don't have to – you don't realize you have to go to the bathroom until you're in a van, you know, 30 well, minutes away from the airport. We pulled over. And, you know, we had beers with us and pulled over and got beer, but it wasn't that long. But it's like, dude – just like it, this can't be. I'm thinking to myself, if y'all are Marines, how can it be this bad? It had, 
Y'all didn't go through any worse experience than this? Yeah. <laughs> Are they still Marines or are they retired? Yeah, they're still Marines. And I think they sit in front of computers all day. Yeah, okay. And but I'd know, still expect more because they do still, even if you're a computer jockey, you still have to do physical training. Oh, dude, it blew me the fuck, the fuck away. And later on, like, um, I, I turned to Sean because we're sitting next to each other. I was like, I was like, we're going to have to, they were want complaining so much. Like, we are going to have to, like, um, we're going to have to make ourselves scarce from this couple all weekend. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, hey, listen, I know what we're going to do. We're just going to stay in the opposite end of the resort. If they come in the pool, we're going to get out of the pool. If they go to dinner, we're going to leave dinner. And Sean's like, no, I got a better idea. I'm going to fall down and split my head wide open. (laughs) Crack this fucking skull. Um, Anyhow, later on, um, like um, John, Blair's husband, is a very bad traveler. The flights are terrible for him. Well, then riding in the car, especially through the hills, especially through by the the 10 miles of unpaved road, that was really bad for him. Like, he's, like, yeah. getting sick, and he's in the very front seat because he's, like, 6'4", six, 6'5", six, you know? Yeah, yeah. So it's like he's having a really bad time as it is. And that couple starts wondering, like, can you go faster? You know? <laughs> <laughs> And, like, at a certain point, when we first got in the, in the van, the friggin' driver spoke perfect English. But halfway through, after all the whining, he just fucking all of a sudden was like, no English. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's could, brilliant. Yeah, because he just couldn't handle it anymore. And I, I do not blame him. And, I'll, and uh, so, like, he, like, go faster. He's like, it's top heavy. I can't go faster. Like, because you're looking over, you got these drop offs, so you'll die. Yeah. Because you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. it's a fucking mountainous fucking country. And, uh, and I'm talking about, I was like, yeah, I was in a car once that flipped over two and a half times. He said, oh, I was in a Humvee that flipped over a couple of times. And I was like, oh, the, the roof crashed. He's like, no, because it was military grade. And I'm like, and this is like telling his worst horror of shit that happened when he was in the military. I was like, oh, where was that? He was like, Camp Pendleton. I was like, <laughs> oh, that's near San Diego, huh? He's like, yeah. So that became my joke all weekend. Ah, oh, I did two tours of duty in La Jolla. You know? <laughs> <laughs> he was like, fuck this guy. You know? Oh. And then they were with us on the way back, and they were even worse. It's like, Oh, even their conversation they have amongst each other is horrible. So, fuck the Marine couple. I was nice and cordial to them, but I did not want to be hanging out with them all weekend, you know? Yeah, that's understandable. Yeah. You know, you're on vacation. You don't want to... You wouldn't have gone on vacation with these people, and just because they're there for the same activity yeah. doesn't mean you have to hang with them. So, being yeah. cordial, I think, is the is the is the reasonable standard there. And there were a lot more fun people at the wedding anyway. Like people who I just met, like some of Monty's buddies from back home who are really good people, you know, just really good dudes. Um, 
yeah, at one point it was near the end of the trip, like in in the first time, you know, and they're like, and he's like, and they're like, how much longer? He's like, about thirty minutes. And I'm like, oh, I was like, you want to turn it around? <laughs> you know, like. <laughs> I was like, it's 30 minutes for all of us. You know that. And I'm sure this guy doesn't love driving this. And especially the fact that y'all are in here, he would have got this done quicker if he could. He's not He's not, He's not. not getting paid by the hour. Right. <laughs> we already right. paid for this. He's not fucking with you. <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, but I would like to go back, you know. I'd like to go back just... <laughs> No, I'd, I'd like to under different to circumstances. Under different circumstances, yeah. Like, yes. I mean, I'd love to yes. go in there for the wedding and all that, but I, I would like to go back, like on my own, like just for because there's so much shit to see, you know. I had a um, couple of the guys from Curacao had um, driven down to Costa Rica, at, like after college or you know early twenties ish, yeah, um, and like camped out on the beaches, lived, you know, in the jungle and, you know, really just like became local, you know, did everything I think that you would find, uh, you would find entertaining or, or of some value. So people have great things to say about it. It's a cool, no, it's it's a cool place. You know, I mean, I, it's a great place if you want to go do that type of stuff. But I mean, if you want to learn to surf and you go do all that, we were one of those towns. Like we went to the ATP thing, but it's but um, the best was um, we didn't see monkeys the whole time. We wanted to see monkeys. Well, we had to leave for the airport at six thirty in the morning on Monday. Oof! So we start heading back, and our driver it was like couple minutes after seven and I had this great vista over the Pacific. I'm like, whoa. He's like, he's like, you want me to pull over and you can take photos? Like, yeah. So he pulls over, we get out, and um in all the trees there are loads of monkeys right there. (laughs) It's like nice, finally monkeys. So you got your monkeys. Yeah, yeah. Because the thing is they only come out very early in the morning. And then they go in until like sunset, apparently, because it's so hot, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Well, they're busy. There's a lot of monkey commerce down in Costa Rica. But when we were down at the waterfall, you could hear the holler monkeys, but you couldn't see them. You heard them, you know. We saw spider monkeys in trees, but they have holler monkeys, but you just hear them yelling, you know, but you don't see them. Yeah. So it was a good time. All right, well, you went out on a high note. Yeah, well, I mean, it was, it was a, like I was saying to people that we were hanging out with for the wedding. I was like, I think the good thing about a wedding like this is you get all the people you want to be at the party, you know, with the exception of a couple of people that can't come. But, you know, like you go to a regular wedding, you know, like like your wedding, you probably invite all kinds of people that, like, if you were to throw, like, the ultimate party, it's not like you'd be like, oh, I need that person, but it's like, Oh, this is uh, your dad's friend's uncle or some bullshit, you know? You know right. those attenuated guests they have at weddings? Yeah, we we did not have that, but I know exactly what you're talking about. The, yeah. the social obligation yes. um, 
professional slash social obligation um, tree of your of your family. Yeah. Yep. But like, you do that, it's the party you want. You know, it's the people who you all want to hang out with. You know? Which is actually a cool thing. And it gets you all the way where there's no distractions. There's no running home anywhere because you're there. You know? Yeah, I got... I, I, I have... I don't want to say I have mixed feelings about the destination wedding. I've got mixed feelings about weddings in general. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sure you do. So I try to sift through, you know, what, what is an actual reaction and what's, you know, what's a, what's a preconceived hang up that I have. Um, it, it really, to me, depends on the approach of the people throwing the wedding. I've seen destination weddings where there is an expectation of attendance and performance, whether you can afford it or not. I've seen... Really? Um, yeah. I've seen where they put um, constraints on, on bridal parties and... Um, you know, ask them to to carry a, a, a load that is much greater than it should be considering people are paying to get to a place that you asked them to go to and didn't give them much choice in, in you know, their participation or whatnot. Um, but then also I've seen, like, great couples who are like, listen, this is what we're doing. And we'd love it if you could come. And if you can't, we understand um, we have zero expectation. This is what we want. This is about what makes us happy. And it would be great if you could participate, but there's no expectation. So, like, yeah, I've I seen... think Abby and Monty were in that camp, you know? They didn't. Okay. They didn't. There was no specific wardrobe for bridesmaids or anything like that, you know? Right. Right. So, that's. That is in my. In my experience, the whole reason you'd want to go to have a destination wedding is to reduce the amount of headache and stress that's associated with a quote-unquote traditional wedding. Yeah. And if you, if you pull that off, then you're the kind of person that I would, would like to support. The idea that. that they have people that throw a destination wedding that do like you're saying expect it to be like a traditional wedding like why are you even, why are you doing a destination wedding then you know right i want because i want my pictures my wedding pictures to have the sun setting in the background and if the sun could set in the background in detroit where i'm from i would have that wedding in detroit but the sun doesn't set like that so we're gonna have to go to turks and caicos yes everybody's gonna have to drop five grand yes you know, um, so that, uh, you know, I'm glad uh, for their sake that that's the kind of folks that they were because they probably had a good time. They probably enjoyed yeah. it. Now, Happy. was this their honeymoon? Did they stay? Yeah, they're, they're still down there. They come back at the end of the week. Okay. And um, like Abby was talking about like one, one of the girls that was one of the girls that came on the ride with us, the uh, Val. Um she basically stepped into the role of wedding planner because Abby's like, I didn't know it was going to be all this. I never hired a wedding planner. You know? Right. <laughs> She's like, I didn't think I needed one. 
you know, but it was all like a little logistical bullshit, like the DJ giving him because he needed a DJ, you know? Yeah. <laughs> She's like, I just didn't think any of that bullshit, you know, because she just figured, hey, you say you're throwing destination where we're going to be on the beach and that's going to be fun because that's the type of person she is, you know? Yeah. So, yeah, it was definitely the latter type. Yeah. All right, so good for them, which translates to good for you. Yeah. Sounds like uh, sounds like it was an and experience. And I get sunburnt. It's a win-win. Yeah. You it's got a to win-win. reapply. Constant <laughs> reapplication was the key. Did you bring uh, 10 30-milliliter bottles with you? I brought two 89 milliliter bottles of, of sunblock. Okay. But I only used like one because the other was a hundred. But, um, other, you know, like that girl Val, she, she checked luggage on, on and she checked, checked baggage. Yeah. So she had like friggin' 20, bo- 20 bottles of various, varying strengths of, spray lotion and whatnot, you know? <laughs> Lots of lube. Yeah, which was key. Because it's like, oh, all right, good. I don't have to I don't have to have an extra thing to be carrying around with me. All right, man. Well that's good stuff. Good stuff. Yeah. Glad you had a good time. Glad you had a good time. Um now what's next? What do you got? Was that uh uh, last draft this weekend, man. Oh, I was gonna say, is that a last hurrah for oh, for a while for you? But no, you're right back into it. This game is on tomorrow night, so I really hate having to watch the Syracuse game amongst non-Syracuse people. Oh, your draft is tomorrow. You got to go away to that Saturday, cabin. Going away tomorrow. No, so I'll be able to watch the team. It's just that you're with a bunch of people who don't give a fuck. You know? Yeah. You know what I'm talking about? I do. It sucks. Yeah. I hate yeah. that. That's why oh, I hate I, that's why most shit I watch at home. I don't like to go, oh, well, it's on the bar. It's like, so what? I'm the only person that cares. Why would I want to go watch that with a bunch of strangers in a bar? <laughs> right. I, I, why would I go somewhere where I'll be forced to ignore the people I went with, whereas I can stay home and not have to ignore anybody? Yep. Totally. All right. Well, um, well, good luck. You got uh, you got that, a draft draft position. Yeah, but I have no clue about anything in baseball, and I'm very unprepared this time. Right. More unprepared than the usual. But do that. Oh, I wish I could tell you. That. I wish you were in that string with the Reardon brothers and Jay Stocks and whoever. I'm like, these guys don't follow Syracuse hoops at all. Yeah, that was that was strange that I wasn't uh, on that. I. Not to take anything away from you, but I can't imagine a, a text chain that is originated that would be that big that I wouldn't be on. But it might start with Cuddy or something. Oh, that could be it. If Cuddy started it, I could very well be left out without a second thought. That's for sure. <laughs> that asshole. I sent him a picture the other day. Um, so a long time ago. This is one of those things that I remember. And maybe if you've got two kids um, and you've, you know, you've moved on in life, you don't remember it. My thought is that he's just cutty and he doesn't put the same stock into the things that I take stock in because this particular story 
isn't meant to make fun of me, so he's not going to remember it. But we went to uh, we used to do this Memorial Day thing every couple years. Uh, it was an eleven oh six reunion ish type of deal down in Rhode Island. Yep. So so we'd go to his yeah. family's house in Rhode Island, and one night we made either steaks or lobsters or something like a big fancy dinner. And um, we made wedge salads. I think that was my idea, was to make the wedge salad. Because Cuddy and I had gone out to a steak dinner one night, like a Peter Luger steakhouse or Smith yeah. & Lewinsky. And he ordered a wedge salad. And I was like, what's a wedge salad? He's like, oh, my God, you never had a wedge salad. Here's a wedge salad. And he, he shows it to me. And, you know, it's got bacon and blue cheese and, and a crisp quarter head of a lettuce. Yep. A couple tomatoes. Like, it doesn't get any easier... Than that, it's a deconstructed salad. And I was like, oh, man, Cuddy, let's make wedge salads. Because he lived in New York while I lived in New York, and we palled around a good amount of time. So um, at one of those weekends, we made wedge salads for everybody. You put them in the freezer to crisp the lettuce a little bit just for a few minutes. And then, um, you know, the warm bacon on top melts the cheese, like the whole deal. So now we're talking... Maybe 20 years ago at this point. 15 at the earliest. And I still remember this. Like, there's very few moments that Cuddy and I share anymore. Um, Yeah. And I don't know if that's just part of the shtick or if we've just mutually moved on. I'm not – I don't know what it is. Last time I saw him, I had a good conversation with him. He – which – he was not poised to have. He was, you know, he was full of the barbs and jabs and whatnots. But I had no interest in in cutting it up with Cuddy. So, um, but we don't chat regularly, so no big deal. I made myself a wedge salad the other night for dinner. Um, forget what I was eating, but I made it a point to have this salad, and it looked awesome. I said, you know what? I'm going to reach out to Cuddy and I'm going to take a picture of this and I'm going to send it to him. And how long ago was this? You took this picture a week, week ago. Okay. Week ago. And birthday time. Oh oh, yeah. Maybe he's pissed because I didn't remember his birthday, but yes. So right around that time. And, um, I just sent him the picture and that's it. And, I was thinking that this was going to resonate with him, and it was a kind of a oh, remember when kind of moment. Um, and he texts me back and says, good thing that you have a kitchen scale, because uh, the picture uh, was on my counter, and you could see the little food scale I have in the back. Yeah. He says, yeah, good thing you have that food scale, so you get the proportion of bacon just right. You know, just a total, like... Oh, I can't believe, yeah, like how fat you are because you pretend to weigh your food and care about your health, but you're throwing bacon on, you know, that much bacon. There's like eight pieces, blah, 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 you know, like just total cutty. And part of it is, is um, projecting a little bit on what an asshole he is, but you know, I'm not projecting very far. I don't need a wide screen to project that. (laughs) So um, now I'm like, well... I don't want to get into this because I'm in an awesome mood right now, but I also want him to know that this is a purpose to this 
text message. I didn't randomly send him my dinner. <laughs> hey, Cuddy, I haven't talked to you in three years. Here's my dinner. Yeah. So I'm like, hey, yeah, that's that's a lot of bacon, just like you taught me. And then that, you know, and that was it. It was a total friendship uh, fail. Um, but I have to consider friendship the source. Friendship fail on his part. On his, you know, on his part. So um, consider the source and you move on. But um, that could very well be. If he started that text chain, uh, there'd be a very high probability that I'd not be on it. And conversely, same, same here, I guess. So, yeah, well. Um, yeah, you know, I don't know. Maybe they just don't. Um, yeah, I don't know don't when the chain start. You know, I don't know. If, you know, it might have. It might have come out of maybe when I texted those guys or something, and I texted you separately. No, but I wouldn't have texted Jay Stocks because he's definitely the four one three number I don't recognize. So, hmm, interesting. Very interesting. Very interesting. Well, then on that note. With apologies to Girk's brother. We'll see you guys next week. Yeah. See you next week. Good night, Fredo. Yeah. Uh, yes. There's no chess, Alfredo. Go orange. Viva Naraha. <laughs> <laughs>